Welcome to General Depravity. to the rescue oh yeah all right i'm the host and you are i'm just a guy (laughs) (laughs) all right i'll just leave it at that just a guy all right so you've never heard of this no i have not heard of this or besides some of your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. And make the right decision. Stay away from drugs and alcohol. <laughs> yeah, how insane is this? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty high up there, dude. <laughs> I mean, you've got Ronald Reagan and the First Lady and just petting a dog. Well, that was George Bush. I mean, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Same thing, right? So so maybe their message is hitting home for you right now. (laughs) (laughs) But but that's pretty insane that you got the President of the United States. Yeah. Doing this propaganda piece. Right. Like, post him helping to enact some of the most stringent drug laws in the world. Yeah, and it's really, uh... It's really impressive. Oh, yeah. That they got all these intellectual properties to agree to this. Oh, yeah, man. But I just remember seeing uh, it, like, at school. As maybe part of the D.A.R.E. program. Really? They, they showed this? Yeah, and everyone loved it. <laughs> I mean, you got Kermit, Smurfs, and now Elf. What's funny is I don't remember... Can I help track down the thief, Garfield? Hey, going through life with a blue lampshade is work enough. <laughs> when the lasagna comes. Hmm. Yeah, what were you saying? <laughs> sorry, sorry, I had to catch the uh, Garfield bit. Do you want to help, yeah. or do you want to be lunch? I don't remember Dare even being in school until, like, 6th or 7th grade. Yeah, I remember it in uh, grade school being a thing, but maybe I lived in a worse area. Oh, yeah. I, I, who knows? I, I, I just remember our Dare guy 
he had um, they had these uh, old school capris that they decked out. Huh. It like it looked like a like a pitmobile, but with police lights on it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the guy would go on like. 30-minute diatribes about what each drug did, except it was not, like, negative things, it was all positive. <laughs> and then, and then he'd be like, but it's horrible and it'll kill you. And he had, um, like, like you know, like, you would never know what specific types of drugs to look at. They had, like, a suitcase that opened up and it had what everything was. Oh, yeah? In there. That sounds yeah. familiar. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, I mean, just know that those things don't really work. Oh yeah, and it, it like it it has like a negative impact. Like you're more likely to do drugs. Oh, easily. Like that. That's the that was the thing because it, it wasn't it wasn't even it wasn't even that it was a deterrent at all. It was just like legit. Um, you know, like, let's just show you what this is, and then let's talk about what it does. But like, it was so lopsided. Like, there was it was it'll make you do this, 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 and this. Isn't that zany? But it'll also kill you. <laughs> no, I think mine was more like fear mongering. Oh, so you had the uh, real deal. Yeah, and I remember uh, I had my sister write my anti-drug um, paper. <laughs> and when I was in grade school and she did a really good job and then I ended up having to like read my paper in front of the entire school <laughs> like entire in the, in the lunchroom auditorium place wait what is this guy doing <laughs> oh he's stealing his, from his sister's piggy bank to buy oh. drugs <laughs> oh, I thought he was dumping out a piggy bank full of pills <laughs> yeah and it looked like Winnie the Pooh was sleeping with that young girl. Yes. So that was, that was odd. And this is so obviously drug-influenced. Right. <laughs> like only a, like a severe pothead could even conceive of this idea. <laughs> but yeah, it basically shows him under the influence of drugs and then he becomes like a dick to everyone. <laughs> And it, it just goes on and on until they like, you know, drugs lead him down a really bad path and he ends up in the sewer and then the Ninja Turtles end up intervening. Like, and they're all just showing him like, this is a bad path you're on. Right. What, again, I think we talked about this last time. Wouldn't, if somebody told you you just had to do a bunch of drugs to meet the Ninja Turtles, <laughs> you'd be really into it? Yeah, all you would have to do is like smoke up, and you know, they would come save you. <laughs> Did you ever hear that story about a child who uh, tried to meet a Ninja Turtle? So he went into the sewer and he just died. Yeah, I remember that was a big one. And then, and then they released the movie It, and that pretty much you know fixed the generation from even looking into sewers. Well, that was probably a good thing then. Yeah. Like you, like I always had this romantic notion of sewers being these like underground cool places, but it, it turns out that's not really, it's not really how it works. No, it's very unpleasant and small. <laughs> this was released in 1990, and 
I, I'm, I'm cracking up at this like concept of uh, the video arcade being the dangerous place to hang out. Right. <laughs> what is that? Uh, crystal? It's crack. I'm in. Okay. I'll try it. You in, Michael? You don't want to be left out, do you? Come on, what are you waiting for? <laughs> try it, try it. You want to like it, don't you? <laughs> this is a pretty bizarre interpretation of... <laughs> no, dude, this is, um... I think it's a Death Wish 4. It's pretty much the exact same. Like, they're all they're buying drugs in a video arcade. And that's when Paul Kersey shows up and uh, like shoots a guy onto the top of a bumper car, so he gets electrocuted. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> were they even doing anything wrong? No, you know they were they were drug dealers. You know. That's it. Yeah. This is this is actually pretty entertaining, though. Yeah. You're not a cop. Okay, you win. You got me dead. This is like uh, an acid trip. I'm a rabbit. <laughs> I would presume. But yeah, generally, well, yeah, what vibe do you get from this? I mean, I want to know. You know, kid. But this smoke guy, like, like, it, who the hell would think that guy's cool? Like, and. So what's the big attraction? I mean, uh, how did you get started anyway? I well, he's a pretty obvious villain, right? right? What are you kidding? Yeah. It's just a very curious thing that this... It's just one of those things that almost sums up a feeling of a generation. This one would be like the 80s or maybe early 90s. Oh yeah, dude. It, 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 this is so bizarre. Like, it, uh, yeah, it, it didn't really work. Right, and what I'm taking away from this is that drugs in the 80s and early 90s must have been a lot better than drugs are today. <laughs> Just because... Call me for lunch. Corey, is your brother alright? He's been acting so strange lately. Just because of what they inspired better uh, anti-drug art. Yeah. I don't know, Mom. Oh, well, I don't think so. Not, not, not only that, everything's just dangerous. I also like how the mom immediately goes to the eight-year-old. <laughs> but it's interesting that everything that appeals to kids is exactly what you would like what you expect from drug use yes like Winnie the Pooh talking to you on the table yeah if I tell and he gets in trouble he'll blame me perhaps but what will happen to him if you don't tell yeah I would I would do drugs just to watch this right like and and again this is like I, I'm sorry, I'm like half speechless because the message hey, is nice completely delayed hey, by uh, what's going on in the video. <laughs> Listen, kid, this is so, the 
It's like if they made an anti-drug commercial in the style of Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Like, it's, it's honestly one of the more trippy things out there. Right. <laughs> I also like how they go to the past two and a half minutes ago. (laughs) It's in black and white. And and it's just so weird that you're seeing Bugs Bunny and weed like in the same movie. Well, and my other, the other great thing is, I guess the one thing they got accurate was this wasn't a guy who started out doing stuff with a bunch of clowns. These are all, like, supposed to be upstanding people, I guess. Yeah, they look normal. They look like beatniks and, and you know, jocks. Yeah. They're probably really careful not to include a black person in this. Yeah, right. Except the bad guy looks like Hispanic James Woods. <laughs> All right, is that enough of this? Oh, uh, yeah, it seems funny. I make them. I'm going to have to. I'm gonna have to finish watching that on my own at some yeah. point. <laughs> Cause it's like, I just can't believe that exists. No, it's, it's a very special thing. <sighs> but, um, well, I mean, <sighs> I mean, I don't like, know what happened in the eighties where there was this big anti-drug push, maybe because there's like crack babies and a lot of people dying of heroin and. Well, it was that, it, what it was, it was that the, the, the violent crime rate was like ridiculously high. And, and it was um, drug related. Yeah. Is what the idea was. Well, I mean, it depended on where you were, you know, but, um, like it basically the late 80, the eighties through the early nineties, it was much like this whole country was much more violent and worse than what it is. And people yeah. have different reasons of you know, why they think that happened, but dude, I, 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 I'm trying to like imagine watching that. Like, I I feel like my, my major problem with all those anti-drug things, none of them go straight to booze first. He's like, if shit's going to go wrong in your life, probably nine times out of 10, it's connected to that first, you know? Well, it's, yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, it's, it's really tricky for a lot of people when they compare, uh, booze and marijuana but I, yeah. I think it's you know because people say how alcohol is worse and do you agree with that argument yeah i do <laughs> but you also got to consider the the population that uses alcohol is a lot higher like if you include the people who you know like my parents who drink once a year on new year's right and they're really responsible and they're really safe about it right but it well you, no- but, like, if everyone was doing marijuana, you know, at the same numbers, don't you think yeah. it would be different? Mm, yes and no, but I, the only reason why I disagree is because of uh, what the each one of those things neurologically does is vastly different. 
So you think it's uh, safer overall? Uh, you know, that's really hard to say, but but I mean, I think I think at this point in the game, pretty much people have understood the two most dangerous drugs on the planet are uh, cigarettes and alcohol. <laughs> like, there's just they, and and uh, I actually I didn't realize this. And, um, I was told this by a chemist that the real like one of the real reasons why like the difference between being drunk and being high is is because um, uh, alcohol itself, like methanol. And our ethanol, sorry, is is such a simple molecule. Your body does not have anything that simple in it. So when you go to metabolize it, pretty much like every system in your body tries to do something with it. So it, it, that that's the reason why it, it literally will stress out every part of your body. <laughs> and and what do you get from that? Like I'm trying to figure out what that means. Is so, it so simple that it's a problem? Yeah, yeah. Like basically, it's like your body just doesn't know what to do with it. So, so that's the reason why, like, you know, your skin dries out. Not not just because you're you're going to the bathroom much, but or let's let's just say, like, let's talk about the diseases, I guess, related to alcohol. Get your you get various types of cancers, a lot of um, esophageal cancer and the like, um, liver, kidney problems, you know. Um, Stomach problems, etc., but it, it can affect every every system in some way, shape, or form that's in your body because it stresses it out. So, Which, do you think sorry. it makes you like? Does it make you more stupid? Or because because I'm not sure. Well, like like I think marijuana to me seems like more of a regressive sort of feeling. Okay, so what do you mean by more stupid? I guess you need to clarify that. Is the like when I uh, think of marijuana, I think of like that's something I would uh, associate with the word simple. Like it's a regressive sort of feeling. Like you mean while you're using it, or in terms of long term use? I guess is the... yeah, while you're high. Yeah, so uh, there. Well, I think it stimulates different things. Is really what it what it comes down to. Um, is that, you know, alcohol is just your brain, like, trying to do whatever it can with, with the chemical versus pot. It, it attacks a very specific site it, as far as I understand it. And, um, so what, what, uh, I mean, in terms of, I think the better question is, uh, what's better, like, what's, uh, it's not what's better for you. It's what, what is least worse for you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I always feel like that, that's the, that's the problem with the arguments. It's like saying, uh, like, just for instance, the, uh, uh, electronic cigarettes versus regular cigarettes. Yeah. That they've just, they've recently said that, um, you know, electronic cigarettes are, I uh, they say like 85% safer right. than regular cigarettes. That is the worst verbiage because they're not 85% safer. They're just 85% less harmful. That means they're probably 15% more harmful than just breathing air. Right. You know what I mean? Or whatever, or whatever you want to say. That maybe not 15%. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't uh, ascribe to the notion that there might be some positive reasons for, you know, doing alcohol, using it. Hmm. That's a good question. I, here's what I, what I, I guess I can, you can only ever view it in accordance, I think according to your own life, you know? 
Yeah. And I can say a majority of the things I regret that I've done has been under <laughs> the influence of alcohol. Right? I mean, that's just true. You know? Yeah. So it's got to be like a case by case thing. Right. Because in some sense, I've always felt that like pot is a regressive thing and alcohol is more of a thing that it's, it's more dangerous immediately, I think, but it's also, a, it's also a depressant and that in a way might challenge you. Yeah. So I think that what a, what I think the the big problem between the two is, um, I think the amounts required, like just influx and metabolism and stuff like that, probably between the two, where like when you get really drunk, like let's say you'll say you have to drink like 12 drinks to be like really drunk, you know? Yeah. But once you're that level of drunk with alcohol, you can still be, you know, doing stuff even if you're mentally just not there. Yes. Right. And, and I, I think the difference is with, with pod is by the time you're like completely baked into a chair, like you're saying regressive, but, but I would say you just, you just don't want to do anything, which is, uh, you know, I mean that you could probably make a good philosophical argument between the two. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, but, it sort you know, of feels I, like that David tell joke where, you know, where all the good pothead writers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's a hundred percent that, but you know, the flip side of the coin is, uh, or I should say, uh, Colin Quinn put it in his new book. He said, uh, Stan Hope looked at him and said, yeah, it's a problem with stopping drinking. No more interesting stories. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but that there's, that's one way to view it. And then like the other way is like, you know, at some point I think you just wake up and you go like, I could have gone to jail if X, Y, Z happened. And luckily it didn't. You know, like that stops being a good story after a while and starts being like, holy shit, like, what am I doing with my life? Well, it's chaos, you know, and you, if you want to go about chaos, you got to, you got to control it. So I I think that's the interesting dynamic of it is how you try to control these substances that alter your mind, not just let it like overcome you, you know? Right. Right. But I, and that, and that's the problem, I think, with, uh, with alcohol is because it is such a foreign thing that everybody, like, everybody innately has inside of them, like, I think some level of when they drink that amount, they just cease to be their conscious persona. And then this other, this other person is in there <laughs> that comes out and does whatever, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't see that with pot, like yeah, I, it, it, as bad, I should say. And with alcohol, though, but I, I think I'm at a point with, where I could be pretty fucked up, but I'm still like not gonna, you know, be outrageous or outlandish. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I thought I was there too, but you know, who knows? <laughs> Did you have a, a screw up recently, or what? Yes, but we won't oh, talk okay. about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's the problem too. Is that you can sometimes overstep a boundary and you don't realize it, right? But but with weed, I feel like like I'm not into weed. I don't like it, and and I just feel like 
Nothing really interesting comes of it most of the time when I've been around people who use it. Like, they'll make, like, um, sort of mundane observations that you could have made anyway. Yeah. And then they'll just be super sensitive about shit they shouldn't be about. Yeah, dude. I, it's, but I think it's such an individual thing. Um. Yeah. Some people have just like a seemingly a, a totally different physiological response to it. Some people, it's like a motivating thing. Right. And then, or, or it's something that, um, you know, like it does something positive in terms of just calming them down or whatever. But, you know, I feel like with, 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 uh, booze, obviously I think there's, there's a high level of genetic problems at this stage in the game. So you think that, you know, just the predispositions may be screwing people up? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that there shouldn't even, in my opinion, there shouldn't even be a doubt about that because. And, and that's something like, I don't know that because I don't feel like I have that. So I'm very ignorant to that reality. Right. And see, like I have, I guess you should say over the past year, I've become increasingly conscious of that where, where I, like I can, I can, like, like if I were to drink, drink too much, I would feel vastly like, and and I don't mean hungover, but I mean, I would, you're unleashing the demon, you know, within. Yeah. 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 And, And not, not just that. I mean, like I feel like neurochemically, completely imbalanced for a very long time. And you can just tell. Yeah. And I can just tell that like, so like, you know, I should say prior to this past weekend, right. I had not had, you know, even a drink for about a month or I should say, you know, I had not gotten drunk for a month. Like I've had like a beer or two, you know, but then this past weekend I got really drunk and and I'm, you know, it's taken me Saturday and I would say today I've started feeling like quasi normal again. So I think that means to me, my neurochemistry does not, like drinking does not agree with me. Probably yeah. never did. So have you seen, have you ever, did you ever watch that movie flight? Oh, with uh, Denzel? Yeah. I never, no, I didn't finish it. Well, I think you get the gist of it. Basically, you know, he got, he does Coke and drugs and whatever. Yeah. He flies a plane. Like, <laughs> Like, I'm not sure, like, how far do you, ha- do you go as a person to tolerating that type of shit? Like, uh, I don't know, man. It's a good question. It's, it's like really hard to draw a line because some people have real problems that there are no immediate solutions for and they use certain addictions as a crutch, but then it helps them function at some level. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's, um, that's a very good question. And I, I mean, I, you know, I constantly ask myself that because there's like, uh, uh, shit. Yeah, dude, I don't know. It's, it's really tough because I like, I feel like a lot of white people in particular, are they like, it's not frowned upon to be a functional alcoholic right. in white society. Like it's just like in, in, in white, co- I don't think it, maybe not in any culture, but I think in particular white people, they just don't have a problem. And I think I was telling you, like, I went and visited my friend at work, uh, about a month ago and this business guy just drank probably 
there, there was no probably about it. He drank at least eight beers while I was there huh. and then went back to work. Yeah, that's always a curious thing for me. Like, the yeah. media point is, like, I don't understand how people can keep eight beers inside their stomach, but... Yeah. But I I know that that's a reality that people exist in. And I know people who are functional alcoholics, and I don't know how they do it. Like, I just deal with extreme social anxiety. Yeah. And that's my cross. <laughs> but, like... If you have to, like, bring a beer with you everywhere you go before you go, like, into, a, like, a store or something. Oh, yeah. I just, you know, I got to wonder about that. Like, how do you, how are they existing? How are they not imploded yet? Right. And, I, dude, I mean, because here's what happens with guys like that. They get into a fender bender one day. Yeah. And, and the cop smells booze on their breath and... You know, then they, they gotta go to check themselves into, you know, jail and rehab and, you know, the whole nine. I mean, cause that, that's, that's the type of shit that, cause like when somebody can, can drink, um, can drink, uh, eight beers at lunch and then go back to work. That means when they get home, they're probably going to have another eight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's just re- ridiculously expensive and insane, you know? And in bit of means that they like for them, like drinking and driving is probably no, like not a big deal at that level because they're just, they're just so used to it. And that's, a, that's insane to me. And you got to wonder about their tolerance is, yeah, it's probably way above the legal limit. Oh yeah. And it's just, it probably becomes like a muscle memory, like a function that's so deeply ingrained in them that it, there's no real. Like, you can't really compare them to a casual yeah. drinker. Right. But, you know, they're probably sitting there, you know, they would, they would, you know, at least blow double the legal limit, probably, you know? And, and that's, that's what makes it so difficult. And, and I think it's one of those deals where, I don't know, man, it, it, <laughs> it, it like hurts to think about, you know, cause think, it's just, I think I could summarize this. With uh, the end of this cartoon All Stars video, yeah, it's like kids with Downs, and it's like a <laughs> uh, a black choir singing of kids, yes. and it's like disabled people in wheelchairs, and you know, <laughs> it's just this <laughs> extremely delusional thing. It's like donate to the Ronald McDonald charity. What? <laughs> like it, it? It's just like tugging at your heartstrings at any expense. Uh. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> I thought it was, I was hoping it was going to be like drunk drivers put these kids in the wheelchairs. <laughs> right, Don't shoot heroin. There's no correlation. It's just pure emotion here. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah, okay. So um, what do you think um, about... I mean, this subject is very interesting to me. Yeah. I don't know about you, but Jared Fogle... Oh, outside of like the the slew of of one liners you get with that material, yeah. Like when <laughs> when I first heard about that, it's just like automatic autopilot, eat fresh. It's so obvious. How like, is a four year old gonna take a foot long? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like any slogan he could have had, if he was McDonald's, I'm loving it. It would have been obvious. 
Oh, yeah. And people, of course, are re- reiterating it to death. But uh, outside all the generic jokes being told, like, what, what do you do you know about the story? Well, all right. So I, what I find the most interesting thing is that somebody was, I think, like, when it initially broke, people were claiming that when he was in college, he ran, like, a side, a lucrative side business yep. of, of uh, selling, like, DVD porn. Yeah, renting too. Right. So you you would have to figure it out that um, <laughs> or you would have to figure Subway knew about that. Yep. So how the hell did they not dig the extra like you know two inches deeper and and uh, you know find the next the next layer? Well, I think a good story is a good story, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean. It's a good story, but they could have, but you know, put him in one commercial and nobody would say like people wouldn't be talking about it for you know. But they've been using him for years. That guy has gotten wealthy off of just yeah, he's, being obese and eating sandwiches. <laughs> well, he's a millionaire, apparently. Uh, from what I heard, yeah, you know, this is a big what if. You know, it's the fucking internet. But he, he, they, they like built a subway like underneath his house or something. What? Or like underneath his dorm or like somewhere very close by. So they got to tell the story every day he would walk to subway like a valiant soldier, but it's really just, he's going to subway cause it's like so fucking close. It was like fucking 30 steps away from him or whatever. And he went there every day for health reasons, not laziness. And it it just sounds good on paper. Yeah. I I was thinking more like they had a subway food truck or something like that. <laughs> and how they did it was they would just move the food truck like incrementally ten feet further every day. Right. Like a GPS tracker on his foot yeah. that just it followed. So but, so like it wasn't that the subs actually, you know, him eating healthy, quote unquote, did not uh do anything. It was the fact that uh, they like by the tail end they were they just he had to walk seventeen miles to get a sandwich, <laughs> right? But they just used that plot point to prop up this dude because that does sound really good on paper. Like, yeah, I mean it definitely it definitely sounds better than a porn addict and child fucker. Yeah, like, well, so bad. so he went from eating like. Uh, pizza and McDonald's every day to Subway, and right. he lost you know a substantial amount of weight. From Which that. I mean, let's be honest: if you had to eat Subway every day, you'd probably just not eat some days. <laughs> you know, but it was all like funded by his porn industry from his dorm or whatever. <laughs> and, and when I first heard about this um, news story, I was you know. I was somewhat sympathetic because at that point it was just, okay, he fucked a prostitute that was underage. But yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't catch that initially. Like the first thing, the other thing is that low rent zap rooter that just talked to him endlessly and was like, well, I went to the police with like, you know, tons of information and then nothing happened. And yet you still continue to talk to them. Like after you give them the information, you're like, I'll testify. Like, what the fuck are you still doing? Like, that's the other thing I didn't understand. Yeah, the thing is, there was, you know, a whole big scene made out of it. And if it was just, 
you know, you're associated with a uh, child pornographer dude. Yeah. Then it would have ended. It wouldn't have been a big, you know, spectacle, I don't think. But I think that they knew he had some incriminating shit, so they made it seem like, oh, we're just doing this as a precautionary measure. When really they were like, we're fucking you. And, and, and at that point I'm like, okay, well, you could still give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, like how bad do you think it is to, uh, have sex with a 16 year old prostitute? Right. Oh, in real life? Yeah. Yeah. It probably, it's probably like, you might as well just buy, you know, a, a tub of Vaseline and be really sad. I mean, like, there's, there's no way it's okay. Like, honestly, like, okay, but let's look at it like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about quality here. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So he obviously has some sort of mental issues. Probably. <laughs> but or, or 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 you know, you know, let's break it down like Freud because when he was a big fat fucker in uh in high school, you know. Yeah. And he just still wants to bang high school age chicks cuz he never never had a chance. See, yeah, I was making these <laughs> arguments when they were, when it hadn't gone too bad yet. Yeah. Like, okay, he, he was an overweight dude. Yeah. Who never got laid. He lost weight. And he became a millionaire. Yeah. Th- thrust upon, you know, fame and fortune. So maybe there was some, like, retroactive, you know, I want to live the life I, you know, never led. Psychology yeah. behind it. Dude, I, um, I just, like, because cops are cheesy guys, I I just like you, you. I really wish there would have been microphones all over for when they actually put the cuffs on them. <laughs> <laughs> just to hear that, like, I guess you're gonna be some Blackwood ham now. <laughs> <laughs> or just to hear whatever he said, like, do you right, know who right. I am? You know, right, right, yeah, like just like really bad food puns nonstop. <laughs> not, not even subway related. But, but like, okay, he was 28 or 29 when this happened. So how bad do you think that is? What he oh. did? Fucking a 16-year-old. Um, well, yeah, dude, it all depends on where you are. That's the thing, because, yeah. you know, it's legal in 31 states. Right. And uh, <laughs> I can actually tell a, tell a, a story about that, because... A secondhand story, which we might have talked about this, but I still, cause yeah, I think we talked about it the other day, but the, or a while back, but the, um, uh, one of my friend's ex-girlfriends had, um, the, the, the sheriff's office comes bursting into their work one day and arrests one of their coworkers. Hmm. Well, naturally he's got to come back to work yeah. at some point. Like he just shows back up. And they're all like, what the fuck was that about? And um, what it was is that uh, he lived in Ohio and he had been seeing a 16-year-old girl in Kentucky. And he was like, you know, 30. Yeah. And um, in Kentucky, it was legal. I guess the girl's <laughs> mom found out about it. Yeah. And uh, naturally called the police. And once they were like, well, you know, the guys, the cops talked to the girl. She's like, well, you're consenting. 
the the issue was they could never they couldn't prove that he had brought the girl to Ohio. Yeah. And it, but it, it was literally I mean because like you know where I live it's right across the river from one another, so it's you're talking like a hundred yards <laughs> is the difference between right. that's le- legal but maybe frowned upon versus illegal and definitely frowned upon. You know. <laughs> Right. It's, it's a pretty weird distinction. Well, and, and also the other thing is if he had, if he had sex with a 16 year old escort, then my, my moral, this is the moral argument. Let's say, let's say it happened in a state where it was legal. All right. If it's a 16 year old escort, yes. Then if she's in human trafficking, then I would, like has been as a, as a sex slave, basically, then I would say, then it's completely immoral, and he and he deserves to get what he wants. If she was just some sixteen-year-old girl that was posing as an escort trying to make some cash, well, it is the oldest business in existence. You yeah, know, it's it's just it's hard to wrap your head around it because, like, if you're I, like if sixteen-year-old takes a picture of her tits, yeah, she's now in possession of child pornography. Yet she could still fuck anyone who's. To anyone, pretty much. Right. Right. It, it, these are, these are things that don't make any sense. And, uh, yeah, dude, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's one of those deals where it's like, it's not something I would do. And if you're going to have to say, like, you need to respect the, the letter of the law, I, I, I would, I would imagine that the types of girls that are 16 and go out of their way to get with guys that are older, are probably pretty from pretty fucked up situations to begin with. So like I, you know, that this gets into that whole question: Are they mentally capable of making such decisions? I don't know. Yeah. yeah, like have they experienced a different kind of life that that would put them in the position where that's a thing? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, that because those are the real like those are the real questions that you need to ask because. It goes, it goes into that whole thing. Then like, it, so if it, if a 16 year old can consent to sex versus in some states an 18 year old, why wouldn't a 16 year old like get the right to vote then? You know, yeah. <laughs> like that level of a, like I, I, for me, I just don't understand how it can't be like, you know, not necessarily globally, but at least in the country streamlined. Right. Yeah. It, it should be consistent. But I, I recall reading a lot of the arguments and someone brought up Paul Walker, which is a really good point, I think. Oh shit. Because Paul Walker, you know, he, he was fucking 16 year olds and that's, <laughs> it's like not even a thing. And you know, you know why they don't care? It's because of his blue eyes. Yeah, cause he was good looking. Like, because he married them, that's better. Like, I don't, I don't know yeah. if that makes any sense to me. But, uh, like, it's, it's fucking weird Jared versus Paul Walker. Right. And. Well, what, what, one's a dead guy and he can't defend himself is pretty much the. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, did people even know when he was alive? No, I never heard of that. Until after. Well, I, until 20 seconds ago. <laughs> no, he, like, he, he, he might have, like, uh, like, I don't know, he, I think he married one. With that, he started dating, like, maybe when she was 16. And, uh, 
the second one, I don't think he got to marry her. I don't know how it works out exactly. But, yeah, that's the thing. Is this on his Wikipedia page? Probably not. Like, they don't want to, like, taint his image. Because it's weird that he's been sort of canonized for whatever reason. God damn, dude, I didn't realize he was 40. I assumed he was much younger than that. Yeah. All right, let's see here. So he was a 40-year-old. Like, well, he was, well, he was older than Jared when he was fucking a 16-year-old. So you gotta, you gotta take that into account. But Jared's like a weird, uh, weird-looking dude. All right, so they have this edited, so it's really weird. Said, um, he and Rebecca Satoras, a one-time girlfriend, have a daughter named Meadow Walker who lived with her mother in Hawaii for 13 years and moved to California. Okay, so that's the daughter. So that was 13 years ago. So he'd have been 27, but there's nothing about her age or anything like that. That's why I'm wondering where you, that's why I'm like, cause this is like, that's a pretty intense allegation. So that's why I haven't heard anything. Yeah. Well, I'm not well researched, so I don't know. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. Like it's no, it, no. I I'm not saying I disbelieve you, but I've I've never heard that because I I don't think anybody would have made a big deal over. Uh, I like on Yahoo. The first thing is, did everyone forget that Paul Walker was a pedophile? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, yeah, that's too I, funny. Like, but you got to think about it. Like if. If your daughter was dating Paul Walker, like, would you really give a shit? Oh, dude, even worse. All right, so apparently she was 16 and he was 32 when they started dating. All right. That even, I guess, wherever it was, it was the age of majority or whatever, whatever they call. Yeah. All right, so then, yeah, let's figure this out real quick. Let me me read this again, because then this will be the easiest way to piece it back together. Uh, Alright, let's find an article about Paul Walker's daughter. I mean, it's it's a, it's like, do people really want to talk about this sort of thing, though? Mm, they, they should, because yeah. again, like, People treated him when he died like he was the best guy in the world, <laughs> you right, know, right. like like from the outside at least, you know. And it was like, oh, it's so tragic. And I think, you know, versus if like tomorrow Jared gets out on bail and wrecks his, you know, Toyota Prius into a truck, nobody's going to be writing eulogies, yet they did the same thing. Yeah. Or, dude, you know, the other good one is um that guy that's uh with uh Courtney Stodden. Uh, the guy from, uh, like, the Green Mile or something? Yeah, yeah. It was Doug, um... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to think of that, but... The thing is, like, it seems like there's no discussion about any of this stuff. Right. Or, well, I think it all depends on who you are and what happens. I think this tanked his, uh tanked his uh career but other you know that that's the problem is that one guy can do it because he's 
maybe not as uh, <laughs> Doug. Because he's a good Doug actor. Hutchinson. And... Or, you know, or perceived to be this nice guy that suddenly, uh, suddenly he gets a pass, but the other guy doesn't. Like, that's what seems kind of bizarre to me. Right. Well, Paul Walker is handsome, talented, and, uh, well, you know, despite how much of a dreamboat Paul Walker is, we're both more attractive than him right now. That's true. You got a point. I don't know about that. (laughs) Well, I think most girls would still, you know, rather us than him. Oh, you mean given that choice yeah. right now, like like a, a, with a gun to their head, they might they right. might have to choose. I don't. I'm gonna. Should I go put this to the test? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well, well, what did you find on him? Oh, about um, nothing. Was... That that's what I just saw. There was one Yahoo comment. And, and, uh, then, and people were like defending it saying it was the, I mean, I guess this must be a well-known thing because, um, well, it's on the daily mail and they're respectable enough. (laughs) Well, Uh, it says she was only 16 when they met and he was 33. So it's. You know, but it, it's just one of those things I think that people, like, you know how Gandhi was a piece of shit? Yeah. Like, you know, most people don't bring up the fact that he was a wife beater. They just want to, like, quote his one-liners. Oh, I dude, I guess this stuff did not come out until he was, uh, dead. And so that that's the real reason why there was no, like, big big deal about it. Because I guess he died about two years ago. Huh. So it looks like all of this came... Looks like all of this came out in uh, 2013. Oh, okay. So maybe this would have become a big deal, but, like, I think the other thing is, so by 2010, how many Fast and Furious movies had he been in? You know? He was huge, so... Yeah. I mean, just millions of dollars to that to make sure he could be in the next one to make you know hundreds of millions of dollars. It's crazy. Yeah, so that was a thing. Yeah, and you know his daughter was thirteen, like or fifteen when he passed away. I think so. Yeah. She was almost dateable for Paul Walker, you know, age wise. And, and, like, I'm looking at a picture, and it's like, that's the girl he was dating, pretty much. It's a weird thing to think about. <laughs> For sure. I, I, I actually did an experiment. Um, and at the risk of my reputation, I'll just share it. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I'd rather be dead at this point, so, well, you know, why not? <laughs> like, I, I looked up. Um, cause I was curious after reading about Jared, reading about Paul Walker, I'm like, okay. And, and also the fact that supposedly 16 is the age of physical maturity, right? Mm-hmm. So I look up 15 year olds on, uh, Google images. And, yeah. <laughs> and none of them were attractive. 
So, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Okay, but, but, but like in my head, I'm thinking, okay, there's gotta be some attractive 16 year olds, right? Right, there would have to be. And then I look, and there's only like maybe one, and you don't even know if this person's really 16 or not. They could be an adult. And then I look up 17, and there's maybe like three attractive ones. And then by the time I got to 18, it was like maybe 5% of them were attractive. <laughs> so it's still like, <laughs> so anyone who does this, I think is, has got some sort of issue. No, yeah, no, I think, I think it's a massive psychological problem. Cause like, I, I, I just, it's one of those deals. I think they're like serial killers where they don't know how to be anything other than what they are. And, uh, you know, the, the, the reality of it is they like until a cure comes up for their predilection. Yeah. Then it, 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 um, yeah, dude, I don't know. I, it, it just need like, they just need to be removed from society. Like there's not like, cause they bring nothing. They bring nothing but pain. But I mean, we, they, we still have these things like, you know, barely legal and that's supposed to be appealing, right? Right. Yeah. It's but which is I, I so think, absurd. I think that's more of a psychological trope. Like people like yeah. the idea of like, Oh, this is new and dangerous and whatever. Well, I, I think people like the idea of being the first one in. Yeah. That too. And, 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 uh, I think they like the idea of being the first one in because good, bad, or the other, there's no frame of reference to what you've just yeah. brought to the table. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it might also be some sort of thing like, uh, like, oh, I'm reliving, you know, the whole exploration thing or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, that's just like a thing that's real, apparently. But, I mean, if you look up 18 year old on Google, like, I think you'll agree that the great, great majority are unattractive, but, like, if you ask someone, like, yeah, what do you think of, like, 18-year-olds or 19-year-olds or 20-year-olds, they're going to be like, oh, they're super hot, you know? Yeah. But I don't think that's really true at all, because... I, I, well, yeah. I, think, I think that's a kind of an older thing when people didn't live as long. So, yeah. like, youth had to be the pinnacle of beauty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, absolute youth. But then now, as as people are living longer and probably taking better care of themselves and able to, you know, mask themselves with whatever, you know, they, they have. I don't think that's true as, as true anymore. Yeah. And I think if you're an intelligent person, you're going to look at a, even an attractive 19 year old and be like, well, she's dumb as fuck. And she wants to talk about her Pokemon cards or something. Oh, all right. I mean, I can speak to that <laughs> entirely. Oh, right. oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I would trust me. We can. I can talk all day about that. The um, the maturity issue because I because I, I started dating a twenty year old when I was twenty six. Yeah, and uh, that um was like the least fulfilling thing possible. <laughs> Just. Yeah, it probably wasn't fun aside from maybe some physical aspects. It was probably like torment. Yeah. Just, just cause like, like you forget that they're, I, I guess, you know, the, looking at it now, I mean, I just, just how I've lived, 
it might not be readily apparent from the outside. There's been a significant amount of change between 20 and, you know, now, but mentally, holy shit, like just from experience alone, like it's, yeah. I, 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 there, like you, there would be points in time where it was like being like an old married person. Cause you're like, Oh yeah, we've got nothing to talk about. <laughs> I mean, just legit. Like, like it just, just from world experience alone, like there was just nothing, you know, like you could start talking about something, but there'd be no follow up. Yeah. yeah. It just depends on the age, like the maturity level too of a person. Because I'm sure there are some 20 year olds who are fucking hardened by life already. Oh yeah. Or old souls or whatever. But I'm guessing that wasn't the case. No, no. That, or it was like this vague combination. Well, they, I mean, then the, the flip side of the coin was not, not to denigrate, not to denigrate an ex because <laughs> no, nobody, nobody would be this low. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, uh, she was crazy on top of it and was one of these, like, I think it's just that whole generation. They're all told they have problems and the only way to deal with them is to, uh, be on like nine different types of medication and shit like that. And then what you, you know, you find out that all the meds make you fucking crazy. Like they just make you crazy or like, so yeah. she like legitimately could not handle life. Right. Period. I mean, there's just, and- just, it, yeah, sorry. There's just so many social factors that affect men and women that people right. overlook. Right. And a lot of it's social, you know. It's just, it's just like Freud's influence on, uh, psychology, where people have a lot of good ideas and bad ideas, but if you trust a person enough, you could really make some damaged people by misinforming them. Right. Well, and the the main thing about Freud is he was not always off base. And, yeah. uh, but, but, but the problem is, is that, you know, he just had some absolutely insane ideas that he would be like, yep. And this is just the answer. <laughs> that's, um, that, that's kind of what dealing with, uh, somebody who's on like six psych meds <laughs> is. I mean, he's like, and, and that, so I think that's, that's modern, modern, uh, psycho- psychiatry and psychology in a nutshell. Cause like it, dude, th- this was the thing that like, I, I just, here, here's what I learned about the people that age, um, from, from the, there's a huge generational shift sometime in that six years there was, right. or the, in the past 10 years that, uh, Maybe, maybe like the difference between a 30 year old and a 24 year old wouldn't be so bad. But like somebody that's been raised in the, like the pop culture and, and et cetera and the ideas of the past 10 years has a completely different, I mean, just vastly different, uh, yeah, frame of reference than, than I do in terms of how they were just told what to think, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's hard to catch, you know, as I get older, because yeah. you see young people and like, uh, my nephew will say like, why, why does this TV show have black bars on the side? <laughs> you yeah. have to explain to them the concept of like TV pre HD. Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, dude, that, that, um, that actually, like, I think I probably got into maybe like 15 or 20 fights over just, no, I mean, like legitimate, you know, just generational difference is that he's like, that's the only way I can put it where like, she was still kind of like this kid that I didn't understand. Yeah. And, and here I was, I'm mean, coming from this like slightly less, com- like, I don't want to say compassionate, but I'm not sure what, less compassionate, you know, life's intense and then you die type of like, you know, like kind of in some ways what we were taught, like, like, sure, you're special, but you still have to work your ass off for it versus like they were taught you're just special, <laughs> you know, like that's kind of how I feel about it. And, uh, and, uh, just a lot of, I mean, I, I don't know how to explain it because it, it, it's, it's one of those things like until you deal with it, there, you, you wouldn't assume it would be so intense. Well, that girl probably existed in a post-internet world, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Because you probably existed a little bit before then, and I don't think people who existed with just the internet understand that. Oh, yeah. Like, going outside and stuff like that. Right, or um, one of the the big ones was... um, well, yeah, I mean, one of the big ones was the day I actually had to tell her that. I'm like, I'm like, I don't think, like, I, I just pretty much looked at her as I think one of your big problems is that you're, you know, you're really ridiculously self-absorbed in a non-creative way. <laughs> much, which, which is true. I mean, and, and what it was, like, spending all day on, um, you know, like Facebook and then go flipping over to Huff Huffington Post to look at the fashion mag, you know, the, the fashion side of things yeah. and only doing that and never like, like never finding out there's anything outside of, outside of, you know, your friends on Facebook and then like the exact thing that, that you want to, you know, numb your mind with. So just like a millennial stuck in modernity. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what that word means, millennial, but whatever. But, like, I, like, I personally, I got the internet when I was, um, 13. So it's like, I had a whole life before then. Right. Where it's like, oh, you live in the real world, you know? And then at puberty, that, that, that's like, like the perfectly wrong time to be introduced to the internet. Even with like a, you know, because you're going through puberty, but you also got like, I just remember being so amazed by the technology. Oh yeah. And you're like, well, like, what do you mean you're talking to someone who's in Russia right now? Like there's chat rooms and all this stuff. And I remember like, like I had this cyber sex threesome when I was like 13. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I don't know if that's supposed to be, like, a rite of passage into adulthood where you're fucking... <laughs> it was just, like, this escapism that you were able to do, but it was real because it's, like, real people. I don't know that that ever existed before the Internet. Like, were yeah, you... Yeah, no. I, I, no, I, 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 I'm right there with you, man, because I, uh, I, I don't think it did, um... Like, you would just go outside and you would risk being beheaded by, like, one maniac. 
Right. But it was like, you know, and then America's Most Wanted became popular. And then everyone got scared. And then they like, I think a lot of people just found refuge online. Because, because I think there was just so much fear pumped into the media that that's sort of what you had to do. Yeah. I mean, I am in complete agreement with you, dude. The, what, 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 what I've seen is like the biggest, the biggest thing that like, I, I just don't understand. Like, cause I think, all right. So when I get, when we got the internet, all right. So you remember there was like, I think we had like, we had 56 or 25, whatever the hell it was, or, or you know, like 28, 30, 33 K. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we had the, that at first. And so therefore the internet was not usable. Do you, do you even understand though that people don't even know what that means? Right. Yeah. I know like, that, that was, that was, so this is where I was going with this. I had to explain this to her. Oh, that, wow. <laughs> that, right. And, and then we didn't like, we didn't get high speed internet, um, here, like any, like anywhere in the area per my memory. Yeah. Until freshman year of high school. <laughs> yeah. So, and it was like mid to late freshman year of high school. Yeah. So I don't remember like even really like, and at the time, like the internet sucked. Like there was nothing, you know, there was like MySpace. You could find bands. You could use programs to like download illegal albums illegally. But other than that, like, I don't remember like using it for much. And then I think it was like, even when everybody was using MySpace and stuff like that, I rarely used it. Yeah. And then, then with Facebook, like, you know, obviously turn 18, that's right, right when I was 18 is when Facebook came into prominence. Yeah. And, uh, at the time it was just a, a bunch of stupid shit just for, you know, 18 year old college kids. I remember when, when I had, uh, like a, like a 56K modem, you know, like super slow. Oh yeah. So you can't really do anything with them. Like, like if you wanted to look at a porn image, you would see it lowly, like slowly load inch by inch over the course of like three minutes. But, but I remember like, uh, when I, when I finally discovered how Wi-Fi worked, like, (laughs) like we, we didn't have a high speed, but like I discovered networks. So I was trying to download illegal stuff. Yeah. And I would have to like be in the top floor of my house on the floor. That was the only spot that I could steal someone else's Wi-Fi from. And, uh, and I was just like download, like, you know, I remember I downloaded, uh, David Tell's album, Skanks for the Memories. Yeah. And like it was going like, it like it took 30 minutes to download. And I was like, holy shit, this is so fast. You know? <laughs> yeah, dude. It was like amazing. I, oh, I, re- I remember all that. Like, it, and then you're having to explain to somebody, like, you know, uh, I remember AOL Instant Messenger being like a, like a big communication tool, like, cause there was no texting. Yeah. So if you actually wanted to just communicate via text to somebody, you had to be on your computer and use AOL IM. Right. Yeah. AOL IM. Jesus fucking Christ. AIM. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
And then like, so then like when you're, when you're telling somebody that and then they're like looking at you like you're fucking crazy because you're telling them, Hey, maybe you should go just try to go live your fucking life instead of, you know, thinking this endless loop is your life. Right. There's no, and they just don't know how to react to that. No. And like, I don't think I do either. You know, it just sucks you in. Yeah. Even, even still, you know, even, even still having lived before all this like privacy that no one cares about anymore. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, um, I don't know, man. Yeah. But speaking of privacy, no one cares about anymore. Uh, the other subject I wanted to get at was the Ashley Madison leak. All right. So we're going to talk about some Ashley Madison. Yeah. All right, so I think your your take to me or your take I thought was very very good. Like you know, when people are trying to claim the moral high ground, but then they're like kind of cheering now that people have killed themselves and are being blackmailed. Yeah. Like I don't want to like. It's something that I feel pretty strongly about, but I don't want to like fake anger because that wouldn't be honest. But it's something that's so obviously a hugely wrong issue that I'm I'm perplexed that people could even try to argue it. It's like victim blaming to the utmost degree. Just because you don't like something that someone stands for doesn't necessarily mean that should be like a free reign on... Right, you should be happy that something horrible happens to them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same thing people do, like, with people in jail. They're like, well, you got raped, that's what you deserved. Right. You know, or, like, or, no, I mean, not, not even that far. They're, they think, like, they think that the punishment should begin once they're sent to prison. That not being in prison is the punishment. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's insane. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then, yeah, I mean, it literally is the same. Like, these guys, these guys, apparently, I mean, so from what I read, the hackers went to Ashley Madison, said, your site's vulnerable. Yeah. And I think they went back and said, hey, Ashley Madison, your site's vulnerable, and we've discovered you're lying to your clients. You might want to fix that. Yeah. And then... And that, yeah, and then they just hacked the. Then they hacked him and said, "All right, fine. If you're going to leave it this vulnerable, somebody was going to do it anyway." So we just did it. And and I just get the impression that the people doing this are just people seeking validation for being, you know, clever enough to hack some huge organization. Yeah. And and they put it under this veil of righteousness. That just like, you know, to absolve them of their actions. Right. But, but the, but the real issue here is like, all that shit aside, you can't do something so overarching and not expect there to be a lot of collateral damage that hurts a lot of innocent people in the process. Right. It's the, um, it's almost like uh, the way I compared it, it's almost like from the hacker's perspective, it's almost prison mentality. Where, where it's like, oh, I'm a murderer, but I'm not a rapist. And you're yeah. like looking at something like you're both, you both have ruined people's lives and you're both, you know, you're both in, in prison now removed from society. Like you should be able to find a little more common ground than fuck that guy. 
Yeah. It, it's it's just another thing, like, let's say the Caitlyn Jenner thing, where people are bitching, like, well, what about the soldiers? They're really brave, not... Right. And it's just like, it, it doesn't make any sense that you can't be pro two different things. Oh, yeah, yeah. And well, I think that's the same argument. Well, I think, and I think the other thing is, like, you know, if being cheated on sucks really bad and it can have damning consequences, I guess, in terms of financially and stuff, you know, because of divorce and whatnot. But I like the fact that I guess being cheated on is, is treated as if it's the end of the world. Yeah. Which I don't like, I just don't understand that. And so what these like dudes did is they validated, um, these people's like, you know, unjust, you know, I, you know, paranoia and aggravation that like, you know, kind of like, well, that'll teach people a lesson not to do that. Really? Like, it'll just teach them, you know, to stick with the old school methods of just lying to your fucking face and finding meeting like strangers at bars. Like, yeah. Like use an email. That's not yeah. your main email. Yeah. Or don't pay for the service. And I think it all has to do with the egotism of like the general public who's offended by this. You know, they probably were cheated on, like a great majority were probably, you know, cheated on at some point. And it's all, it's all ego. They can't just be like, okay, well, this person is a poor character and I should move on. Right. It's like, I gotta stick the knife in and twist it. And, and I think it's just like, it's like a, like, um, that German word, Scheuden, whatever. Schadenfreude. (laughs) Yeah, like. Schadenfreude. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not enough to just be the better person. You gotta also, you know, humiliate the other person. Right. I, 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 I'm so ambivalent about things like that because it's like, on one hand, like, you wanna be on, you know, the side of the trolls being like, aha. But then, like, it's like when somebody immediately said, well, what, what if somebody decides to hack, say, a porn site and starts associating IP addresses with, with, you know, names and people that are paying the bills on those IP addresses. So suddenly it's posted this list of like, this guy's into really watching horse fuckers. Like, <laughs> I mean, th- that's the next step. That's the next step. So the second like people are like, Oh, it's okay that somebody did this and how weird are they? Like, dude, then somebody like there is going to be somebody that comes along and says, I'm just going to fucking burn the world down. You know, that's the most disconcerting part is the lack of. Uh, foresight people are putting into this because, you know, I, I've imagined that same scenario and, uh, it's just, you know, it's the biggest industry ever porn, right? Yeah. That everyone pretends isn't a thing for whatever reason. But if, like, if you want to speak about fidelity, then I'm guessing what, like, a majority of people who are in the, you know, quote-unquote civilized world, watch porn. Yeah. And they're not watching porn featuring their wife, I'm guessing, most of the time. They're lusting after, like, random dames. Right. And it's just, it, it just right. so easily falls apart, this whole argument about fidelity. Right. And that's soon enough, someone, if they're, you know, a prick enough, is going to do the same thing to some major porn site. And I wonder if people will be as ambivalent and glib then. Right. No, they won't. And, and, and you want to talk about, 
like I think the the, the big difference is uh, well, actually shit. There is no big difference because you know people behind closed doors are are vastly vastly different, and and you know it's kind of like you know the, maybe maybe there's this guy who's a powerful CEO, but he needs to dress up in women's clothes and have a have a dominatrix beat him up. Yeah. Maybe that's what he needs. That's what he's really into. So he watches that all the time. And suddenly that's out there and that guy loses face. Why? You know, like it, it, it's, it's like, um, it, well, actually I do know why it's because people just cannot say, this is who I am. Fucking deal with it. You know, or yeah. if they do, they're just cunts about it. Like it's just, um, but people just have not developed the, the, I should say grit to say, I don't give a shit what anybody else does with their life Yeah, because it, that would ruin industries. Whole industries would be ruined if people did that, you know? And, uh, those people, even if they do think a certain way, they still got to play the game to some degree. Right. They got to like, you know, uphold the company image. Right. <laughs> and I, and I just, you know, I just know that it's, you know, if you don't give a shit now, you're not going to be able to complain later when it becomes about you. Right. And that's like one of the biggest elements, you know, aside from all the horrible shit that's going to happen as a result of this, that people are just using it as an excuse to be, you know, vindictive dicks about. Well, no, they're, they're using it to be voyeuristic in watching somebody else's life get destroyed. Yeah. Like that That's it. And it's like, that's one of the basest human, you know, pastimes that there ever has been is watching somebody else be more miserable than you. He's saying, you know, just Schadenford. But but it, it's it's like, you know, I like were you motivated to even look to see if you knew anybody on that list? Like I wasn't. No. <laughs> and I feel like anybody that 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 would do that, it, it's you they're know, you're worse, just lower probably. than low. They're probably worse than whoever they're, you know, looking into. I mean I could see yeah. some legitimate claims if, you know, they're curious about infidelity of their whatever. But it's almost like if you are with someone and you don't even know enough about them to, to their character to know that they might be cheating or that they are right. cheating, like, well, like, what are you doing? Right. Well, I mean, I think some people pull a, a very good con game for a long time. But I, uh, I also think a lot of people just know secretly, but they delude themselves uh, to some level about that stuff. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, cause in the other, when, when you throw in like, you know, well, I think we, we can come back down to the idea of needing the traditional family unit. Cause that's what it's all about. Like, like if you're just dating somebody and you cheat on them, that person, like you should be able to get the fuck out of somebody's life immediately. But when it, I think where it becomes a problem is when, or, or, you know, is perceived as a massive problem is when people are married and have kids and then suddenly it's like, oh yeah, by the way, I did this quote unquote horrible thing. Yeah. Deal with it. And it's, I mean, if you want to take it down to a base level, you, you can't say that people, you know, well, I didn't get a boner at girl X walking down the street. Like, how is right. that not the same impulse as whatever you're complaining about? Right. It's just like an idealistic fantasy people like to hold that they're the most important person on the world for said other person. 
and that makes them feel special. Right. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I know, I know when it happened to me, I think my, my, uh, my reaction was probably the best that it could have been because <laughs> A, it made that person feel really horrible, <laughs> but it made them feel horrible because I just was like, look, like, I guess, like, uh, this really wasn't that important to me because I, I guess I, I probably have talked about this here before, but I'll say it again because I loved it. <laughs> I, you know, I said, I'm not. I'm not angry at you. I think you're a good person who made a bad decision. But like, I'm not going to waste time being angry, but I'm also not going to waste any, any time. Like, you know, trying to like placate your right. Pretend that we have a trusting, like there's a trust. Yeah. 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 Placate your idea of what you want this to be at the end of the day, you know, but you were uh, planning on ending it. Yeah. Yeah, and so it made it easy. But the um um but even even if I wasn't, like that I would probably my reaction probably would have been the same because at the end of the day, it's a it, it's a trust issue. You know, right? Like right. like I even told her I said, "Had you picked up the phone and said, "Look, dude, you're not here right now. I need to go do this." I'd be like, "I would feel entirely different about this because that's that's being honest." Right? Then I could just deal with it on face terms. Like, do I want to deal with somebody who wants to do this or not? But instead, you went behind my back and did something, you know? And so, like, that's the trust issue. And you think she knew uh, you would probably be okay with it? Or? No, I, I just think, I think she just, you know, because we never talked about anything like that. But I, I think, I think she thought there would be like, well, I know what her fear was. If she did it, then when I wanted to do it, she couldn't say anything. Right. Which is the truth. And I feel like that that's the problem with uh not even a problem. That's what most people um you know, they don't like to talk about that element of things that like unfortunately like if you're in a romantic relationship with somebody at least for a while, like, you know, there's that, like, we're only doing this because, like, there, there's some level of respect and trust for one another that we deemed other people were not worthy of, right? So if you're running around fucking around on them, like, you might as well not be with them because it, it betrays the purpose. I just think it's all, there's a lot of, like ego involved in all this. And, well, of course. And people don't want to just face up the fact that there's only one greatest woman on earth and one greatest man on earth, probably. <laughs> like if there were some way of objectively quantifying that. Well, yeah. And I think, uh, and it's not them most likely. <laughs> right. But, which is the re, which is the reason why marriage fails. And this is the reason why people do stuff like this because they feel trapped in their situation when, you know, the real problem is entering a situation, you know, recognizing that when, when you sign those freaking contracts, you're signing yourself up for life or painful divorce, whichever comes first. Yeah. Yeah. I think people don't want to admit that, Hey, they might not be the best thing yeah. ever. Yeah. But, you know, if you're practical about it, you're probably going to have a, a whole lot more fun than if you aren't. Right. And, and the other thing is there, there is like a point in time, I think, for everybody 
where um where um it, it like the the concept of this lovey dovey romance thing it just dies and it becomes completely about practicality. Yeah. Right. I mean, it just it like it unfortunately does. That's that's life. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That. I mean, most people wouldn't consider that romantic. <laughs> that no, marriage no, you, is just a cost benefit analysis. But that that's a hundred percent what it is. I, yeah. I mean, it's like it's legitimately like maybe I can't afford a house this big by myself, but me and this person can, or maybe I can't do it, but that guy's got enough money or that girl's got enough money, you know, like, and then, then as you get older, it's finally like, Oh, well I need enough money to make sure I'm just not on the street dying alone, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think that really is a romantic notion, but most people don't seem to share this. Right. Well, that, that's, that's the thing. I mean, for me, it's like, uh, I, and this is something like, I just, like, I, I just suck at because I, like, I feel like I'm a more practical person with a lot of things. But, um, and, and when you have to, uh, uh, when you have to explain to, uh, to somebody, that like you, you being practical, the only reason why you're doing that is because you care about them as opposed to like making a big lovey dovey show of it, you know? Yeah. And, and even it's, but I think like the thing is like you need to like, there, there has to be some mixture of the two from the, from the get go, yeah. from the get go. Like if there's not, then, then yeah, years down the line. Right. There's got to be like a mutual sort of understanding of that. Like you can't just like, I, I mean, I think I've always had that problem where I can't just lie to people like that. If you're going to be close to someone, you can't just be like, well, I kind of think you're shitty, but I'm not going to tell you. Right. Well, I mean, I, I know, I know that I, um, I, yeah, I know that I, um, like, I, I, the one of the only times I think I ever just fucking lost it on anybody was, uh, last May on vacation when I had paid for, like, I think at the end of the day it was like 500 bucks worth of stuff. Oh. I just, just fucking paid for 500, 600 bucks. Um, and, uh, and then we're like on the way home. And, um, th- this was how fucking bizarre this was. It had dawned on her that it had dawned on this chick that it had been our one year anniversary. <laughs> yeah. And, and note, I had like just paid for like all of this shit. And, and like, again, in the, in the hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And, um, she, um, she starts breaking down because I didn't get like a gift. Yeah. And I like looked at her and I was like, dude, like first off, you totally even forgot that that was a thing until right <laughs> now. And because I'm not Prince charming and like down on one, like, you know, down on one knee saying, check out this bracelet I got you or, you know, something stupid like that. <laughs> like I just financed a vacation that, that you could not have afforded, you know? And it's like, you should do that. I'm like, I'm fucking like, 
broke like you are too, you know, like just right. deal with it. And, uh, I, I just will never understand that mentality. I will never understand it. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Well, at least you didn't, you know, like you should just say, I'm, I didn't push you in front of a truck during this whole right. year we've been together. Oh, yeah. No, dude. It, there was like, yeah, uh, I mean, I think I even told you that there, the, the, the notion of, uh, of, uh, well, no, I mean, I, cause I remember it beforehand. There was a lot of tension, fraught with tension. And, and I looked at her and I said, look, I have already paid for all this shit. I'm out the money right now. If if you're if you're like legitimately acting like you're gonna go freak out, we're not gonna go like like you're gonna have a bad time on this this trip. Yeah. I'm gonna go by myself and have a fucking fantastic time. Like fuck you. Like this is <laughs> this is gonna be awesome. <laughs> and uh, that did not go over so well. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect though. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good spot to uh, end this episode on. Well, I confess to all these crimes and they put me on trial. I was laughing when they took me away. After the asylum in an old black Mariah. Well, it ain't home, but you know it's better than jail. It ain't such a bad old place to have a home in la 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 Oh God, children, they all gotta die Now I got shrinks who will not rest with their endless Rorschach tests I keep telling them that I think they're up to get me They ask me if I feel remorse and I answer why I cost There's so much more I could have done if they'd let me so it's Rorschach and Prozac and everything is groovy. La la la, yes la la la. But all God's children, they all have to die.